1: visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hello com slash sale. And book your free consult today.
0: On draft day, we want to give you some draft talk. That's what we do. But once again, thank you, everybody. Evan O'Brien, great job producing uh doing all the go to the, all the socials the go to the, see the quote cards, the daily videos that he's putting out about why baseball't boring it's, it should scratch right where you itch all of it. So once again, subscribe rate review, most importantly listen we appreciate everything. here's I'm blown. So what is it like to get ready for the draft?
2: yeah I mean it, it's really when you think about everything that goes into it it's really a multi-year process mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the players that we're going to be spending a lot of time on this spring our staff has been on for a long time and even when you're scouting players for the current year you're starting to build history build process with players that are going to be in the draft in the years mm-hmm. to come um you know the spring is really important for all these guys but whether you're a high school player or college player uh Summer is, is also really important, and you know, all that stuff is in the books already, so there's a lot that happens even before we get to this point of really ramping up uh, for July. I, I look at football when football
0: teams make acquisitions. A lot of times, you see a guy like, Oh, well, you know, he, it hasn't quite worked out, but out of nowhere, they acquire him. Same thing with baseball, I, and I wonder if the similarities are there in terms of, like you said, you have scouted a guy so for so long. And then he goes through whatever he goes through, and you're like, "Oh, I remember that," and that's we see the good in that because he was a stud in high school or something. I mean,
2: I those in both leagues, I think it works that way, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard for me to speak to other sports yeah. uh, with, you know, I just don't have enough context. But you know, I, I think a basic understanding. I think the interesting thing right now in baseball is, uh, in some cases, you know, if somebody was very much on the prospect radar as an amateur early in their pro career and then fell off. Those players probably tend to get uh, more looks as they go through mm. their careers than others. Uh, fair or unfair, that's often how it works. But in baseball, a lot of what we see is, you know, guys come seemingly from out of nowhere because, you know, whether on their own or whether with the aid of, you know, coaching oh, and development staffs, they make adjustments that they, they get to become a better version of themselves. Mm. I think that does happen in other sports. You know, oftentimes, at least from what I can tell from the outside, you see like in football, for instance, you know, a player may not fit well in one scheme and fit perfectly well in another scheme. Baseball is a little more individual as far as, especially the pitcher-batter confrontation. But players make alterations all the time just to become better versions of themselves. And that can happen really at any point in a player's career. The raw talent, you know, who you are is... You know, some of that is baked in, but finding that path to the best version of yourself—that can happen at any point. One of the
0: things that's different, obviously, in the two leagues is that is that you have to go through this leading up to the draft. You're in the middle of a season, you know. So the NFL isn't. Um, how I've always been sort of wondering and, and fascinated by like how you juggle that. Like you're thinking about the here, the now, the results of the major league team, the results of the minor league teams, and then you have to maybe go out. I mean, have you got a good, better handle of that as
2: it's gone on? I mean, that doesn't seem like an easy thing. Yeah, well, there, there's two things I would say about that. One is just that you know a lot of it is uh, you know that's why you know, we have the staff that we do. Um, we have a lot of people. Um, whether they're out in the field as scouts uh, or based you know, out of Fenway, who focus on this process all year long and that this is their main focus. Uh, the rest of us obviously have to figure out how to allocate our time, but we are so reliant on you know, the work done by the folks who focus on this year-round mm-hmm. um, and our scouting staffs, really. And they are doing the work that puts us in position you know, but you do want to the right see them. draft days. Yeah. I mean, especially, like, the, yeah. the, the, the main guy. We right? follow it throughout that process, you know, from a little more of a distance. And then as we get closer and closer, um, you know, we obviously, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we're responsible for everything that comes out of this department, uh, you know, our, our leadership team and I. So we need to make sure that we feel good about all the decisions we're making. But if you're doing a good job on this, you have a scouting department, that understands philosophically what we're trying to accomplish and that they're carrying out that philosophy every day. It's really no different from all the individual jobs that anybody in this department does. It really all should flow back up to principles and philosophies and goals that we have as a group that people are each having their own piece of the pie in. The other thing I would say to your original question is because of the journey through the minor leagues, the impact that these players out of the draft have on our Major League Club is almost never immediate. We rarely see that anymore. Um, and in most cases, takes years. So it's a lot going on to do it during the season, obviously, but we're not looking in the draft with an eye towards how did this player fit the roster we have right now. We're really looking to use all our picks and our entire bonus pool to bring the most talent into the organization so that we have that pipeline going. Because we know it's going to be likely years until these players reach the major leagues, and we just want to infuse the organization with talent so that we have options as, as we you know, work our way through this. I would
0: imagine the anxiety is when you have a top pick, when you have the, you know, in the case of a couple of years ago, you had the fourth pick, compared to, say, whatever, you know, middle rounds you're happy to have any pick and you're happy to have good players but the anxiety of having the top pick plus anxiety might be the wrong word but there's a lot of pressure right to hit on that
2: yeah I, you know when we when we were in that situation a couple of years ago you know in that moment it's an awesome opportunity now what has to happen for you to get that pick is not something that we mm-hmm. you know want to live uh, anytime soon um, and hopefully you know we are picking near the bottom of the round because it means we did what we're trying to do during the regular season. But this is, as we know, there's, there's science to it, but there's also a lot of art. And stars mm. come from everywhere in the draft. The odds are better the higher you go in the draft, but they come from everywhere. Uh, so you have to treat each pick uh, as, as precious and put full effort into mm. the process that goes into every pick. That's one of the cool things uh, as you're preparing for the draft. Uh, the detail, the, the the amount of detail, the amount of work that goes into seeing these players. Uh, obviously, it's going to be more for somebody that you're considering at number four in the country than that you might take on the third day of the draft. But there's still a ton of work that goes into the picks that you make. There really needs to be. A, the, if If your scouting staff does not do that work, it's really hard. To key in on that player And so that's why When you see players Having success in the big leagues That were late round picks uh, Even though that were early round picks uh, That's why the Scouting staff Takes a lot of pride in it Is because You know You can say Well of course You know This pick was obvious But you know It's never like that When you're making it And if, if you're the scouting director To be able to make that pick You have to feel like Your staff did the homework
0: I'm going to date myself With this example um, But this goes back to 2003 2002 Aaron Hill so J.P. Ricciardi was the GM of Toronto and they knew they liked Aaron Hill but they didn't want to let everybody know that they liked Aaron Hill so they called it the Claude Rains Project The Invisible Man right so there's how much of that goes on with the gamesmanship about you know obviously he's like hey you don't maybe want to be seen here or or you talk and
2: people are talking oh yeah I saw
0: them how much of that is going on there is still
2: some of that um I think less as time has gone on, at least throughout the course of my career, for a couple of reasons. One, players get a lot more exposure now, just because there's this sort of prospect industrial complex that exists around these kids. Uh, so they're all, you know, they, they, they all get a lot of exposure now. People understand that there's. I don't think there's the same signaling effect as there used to be for a scouting director or, uh, you know, an assistant GM or a GM to go see a player, mm-hmm. as, as there was maybe when my career was just starting out. Um, you know, The other thing is that it's not like it is in you know, the NFL draft. Picks can be traded at any time. So it, the intel of who is going to be taken around when you pick could be really, really important. It could be the difference between deciding you need to trade up to get the player you want mm-hmm. versus waiting for him to fall in your lap. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. And so there's not as much value uh, to that. There isn't really the same jockeying for position. You know, there's a little bit of that. Sometimes it's signability situations, but th- there isn't the same with the picks, you know, being locked.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, since we're morphing the two, uh, do you remember a football player that you drafted? Like, for instance, I'll give you one. I'll give you one the Red Sox drafted. This given Jeff Triscoll, who was, you know, he was, uh, ended up being a quarterback. But they drafted him And he, I don't think he had played a lot of baseball But he had played baseball at some point So there you go Do you remember in your experience Having drafted someone You are like Oh that, is that, that person might be wrestling with football versus baseball Which we know which sport is better
2: Yeah I'm trying to think In recent years I mean obviously You know I, I think it's something that we've i tell you what Shane Drohan uh, Oh my guy a big, Yeah out of, out of high school Quarterback, a player, yeah, really he was a prospect. Um, but obviously, it was a little bit of a different situation. I'm sure. and, and we had a couple in the years I was with the Rays. Mm. Um, it's interesting, like you talked about. You know, obviously, sometimes guys that have options in multiple sports. Yeah, um, we're always trying to get them to baseball, but sometimes I think for that player, it really should be about them finding the sport where they're going to do the best. And I remember very distinctly. When I was at the Rays Seeing um, You know Shaq Thompson In yes. rugby ball I was going to bring him up yeah. And
0: uh, Obviously <laughs> had a rough go of it Yeah uh, I, I, I happened to in, see About 0 oh for And this isn't a knock on him
2: But No Over, over, is, over 38 yeah, I think With I, like 36 strikes I happened to see One of the balls He put in play I was there for that <laughs> One day uh, In the GCL And you know This guy goes to the NFL And he's a legit NFL player, yeah, and you know I'm sure vice versa. There's there's guys that uh, you know wouldn't be able to succeed in the NFL that found baseball to be the right sport for them. So it's really about finding the right sport for you. If you are that kind of athlete, that you actually have options in both sports. First of all, to, to be to do that, you have to be a really good athlete, yeah. um, and it just that's why I think we have some of the reverence that we do, you know, for the Brian Jordans and the Deion Sanderses, oh. and especially you imagine, Bo Jackson you to be able to play two sports at the highest level at both. I mean, it's unbelievable. Though, and the so and also, like you said, when you have
0: a guy, and leverage comes into this too, right? I'll give you another name to this jump, Casey Kelly. Remember Casey Kelly, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Casey Kelly was a guy who was could have been the Tennessee quarterback, which is a pretty good deal, right? And he ends up signing with the Red Sox um, to be pitcher short shortstop. We don't know. What, but, but there's cases where for the for the players, leverage and, and, and you have to figure out is that little leverage or are they just are they using it as leverage or is it a real thing yeah. that they don't have, know what they're going to do
2: yeah and you know that's that's part of we, you know, we go back to talking about the work that the scouting staff puts in that's part of really knowing the guy mm-hmm. and sometimes you can think you know the guy and uh, he may be on a path where he continues to do both and he might surprise you you know sometimes you don't necessarily know you know it's the same thing in our sports. sometimes the two-way players you don't necessarily know which way it's going to go mm. um, but hopefully you know you at least have all the information that's possible to have going in where you do your homework you understand what makes this guy tick the fact of the matter is because you know we have this journey through the minor leagues it's not for everybody mm. you have to really want it Um, And you you have to be really able to handle, even though you want it, handle the fact that this is a game of failure in a lot of ways. There's going to be failure in players' journeys. Um, And you have to be able to handle that, be willing to stick with it through that failure. And that's
0: hard. And you just saying that, like thinking about it, thinking about like the kids who are going to be drafted in the NFL, the kids who are drafted in the NBA, this immediate gratification world that we live in. That's a hard sell, you know, for a lot of these kids. No matter what the money is, I would imagine. Yeah,
2: I, there's, there's these saying. There's, this, you hear the saying in different ways about that. To really overcome like a challenge, you have to, to conquer it. You have to love it. And I think there is something to that. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think it's necessarily true for everybody. There are guys that might be able to succeed without being fully invested. Good for them, but I don't think that's the case for most people who walk this earth. So, you know, knowing what makes a player tick, that's such a huge part of, of the scouting staff's job. Mm. And yeah, you know, these guys are 18 or 21, they're not, you know, they're going to change as they grow as people. Mm. but knowing as much as you possibly can now about someone even at that age mm. is huge. To, to More so to, you know, than ever, probably right? probably, right? I think so, and there's yeah. so many more things that, uh, you know, so much more noise in these guys' lives, like even as amateurs, certainly as they go through pro ball, and then obviously it's something that we play in Boston you need to to be ready for that Mm. Uh, so that's that's a big part of uh, I think doing a good job and having a good process on a player is not just understanding the player and being able to quantify x y and z about what he can do on the field but having a pretty good idea of who this person is